0: Greetings. This is obviously. Um, I'm hosting a discussion entitled The Independent Musician, Intellectual Property, and the Nature of Creative Assets. The Benevolent of Discussion and Debate. Dialogue lets you have your own call and show over the internet. So um, we're on. We have. Kings with style joining, and uh, I believe Kushai Journey. Brother Bernard is joining in. So um hopefully you can hear me clearly. This evening, um, there are two co-hosts joining me. And it's 8 p.m. Pacific time. The sun's just going down here on the West Coast, and you know, family matters work. We're kind of putting that um aside for this show. So hopefully the world will all be able to tune in at the same time and otherwise i'm just going to keep going and i'm going to look for that little bell that says hey um i'm on with you and you know how all that goes so today we want to talk about um performing rights organizations and also how that relates to youtube it's really simple there's one youtube there are a few pro's here and the uh, US, ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC, S-E-S-A-C. ASCAP is A-S-C-A-P. ASCAP is the performing rights organization that I'm a member of. And um, I might back it up a little bit and give an overview. If like you're streaming this, you're streaming this and you are um, want a little backstory on what the independent musician, intellectual property, you know, what's up with all that? Because of course, um, you get your music from a record label, right? The, the, every musician, it's a big thing to get a record deal. So an independent musician um, takes on a lot of that in a smaller scope. Um, smaller is a relative word. Um, immediacy, with more immediacy may be another way of looking at it. Um, so intellectual property is song rights and the rights to a recording. And you know, really simply, it, it's the copyright for the recording and the registrations for the um, a song with a PRO that protects the uh, publishing rights. And the copyright is necessary. There's a lot banking on it, but um, there's a little bit of misconception that comes with um, the, how the Library of Congress is engaged in that, although. Um, We'll we'll get on that later, but oh, to um, protect a song, an artist that writes the song needs to be a member. So that's always a good line of defense for the independent. I hear some beeps on my computer. I'm today. I am keeping the window. I want to keep this page open because I had a few callers step in before. And I wasn't immediately able to. Um, I wasn't immediately able to. Um, I my caller Bernard Bush he was gonna join me this evening, but apparently the um, when he activated his mic, I wanna see if I can get him this link. And um, that's impossible. I'll just go on from where I left off. A, a buddy of mine uh, always shares news with me and I go hey you know you're like you'd be a great producer for this show not only can you you know with the stuff that i'm already uh, we talk about all the time it's great for the show but you can remind me to stay on track so <laughs> we'll see how that goes but being an independent musician this is a part of it the um the forward drive to do what you will with with your will that's very important to take initiative. And um, that, that's what we're doing here, Shin, about the importance of a songwriter joining a PRO so that there is uh, protections that can be invoked with your own hand, your 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 song is your product. So there's a way to give that structure and have it right on in the market and sort of not wait for some latter day when uh, you'll be you know, rescue someone to take over and, you know, t- put you in touch with like tens of millions of listeners, which would be great. And it's, it, it works for some people. So um, I was just, I'm not quite sure if this was on the a- website or whatever, but we all know that YouTube actually has a lot of advertisers. And when there is music being played to the public, there's a uh, licensing fees that will be incurred. And there's a lot of great areas in the years past. How are digital entities? Um, how will they be held accountable for these rights? How will they be accountable for the um, the fee, the cost of making use of this but that's protected? So when I went through distribution with CD Baby, I noticed they go, "Hey, let's we're going to collect your." YouTube money for you. So you just go ahead and pay like, a, I don't know, it's like, you they really want 50 bucks by year. And uh, I'm pretty sure my my microphone is activated. I'm so, I'm so hoping it's activated.
1: Anything anyway, think it is?
0: I I heard the prompt that says you're on. I I truly hope that I did not just begin this six minutes. At this point, I've been talking for quite a while, and um, I see we got a couple of callers listening. But um, you guys may not be able to sign in at the time. I'll work on that. That's the only challenge I've been having. Otherwise, when it works perfectly fine. There's, you know, it could be um, one of those things. I had a friend who worked in telecommunications, and he's like, people would call in, um, and he would do tech service. He go click the button one time, or, click it twice, and he would hear the person go. Like one click, you know, click so it twice. It could be like a click was click twice type of thing, or um, so. Hopefully, we will get those guys in because they have a lot of useful information, and then there's a um, it's a bunch of stuff we can flesh out from different perspective when it comes to uh, AS CAP. And um, so, what we're talking about is that YouTube, oh, the distributor that I go with at this point, they have a um, an added fee to be able to collect the Uh, Monies from YouTube because they pay for not just for the streaming of music and also they have this whole pool where they monetize music with ads and other things like that But ASCAP does that, you know, so being a member of ASCAP has that you don't actually need to have someone go out and um You can serve as a publisher on your own behalf in many ways by uh, using your P.R.O. for those, you know, deals because you upload your music to YouTube. It's they're very free with how you can uh, put your stuff in this outlet. And then there are um, ASCAP has a multi-year licensing deal with YouTube so that they are um, they're paying for the music that streams there, but I'm just gonna stop for a moment and say, this call is brought to you by Dialogue. Like discussion and debate, Dialogue lets you have your own call-in show over the internet. And the reason I'm repeating that is, um, to remind you, Dialogue is really cool. This is an interesting platform on Twitter where you can broadcast. So I, I'd like to feel, like, oh, hey, new caller was was the on there. All right, I saw that. What's up, how you doing? Can you hear me? It may be a thing where I called in, um, I, I caught that uh, late. So we'll, we'll see. Um, excuse me. It's a beautiful sunset. This is a great time to do a show. It has been so hot here on the West Coast. It's, I mean, today was a blazing day. You know it's August. And the the sun is setting its, the sky is red and the clouds are like stretched out gray with this just wonderful colors in the sky. The lights are coming on. It's really nice. So it's a great time to um cool down and share some information about um the PRO and how they can collect from YouTube. And there's a thing now where of course you can upload your music by yourself. I mean We'd always want more outlets where our music can be played and YouTube's a great place, but we may not think that we can, with the proper registration of our music, the sound recording can be identified, tracked to the sound owner, and then the, um, the performing rights are also uh, embedded in that when this song is tracked by YouTube. So that's a great resource. I see the tabs. Hey, greetings. Did I get you this time? How about now? Can you hear me? I'm uncertain if the um, microphone is activated. I think it should be and it is. Can you hear me? Usually this it works just fine. I saw the tab that says, hey, I wanna be on the air, but um, I may have missed you so please feel free to try again. That'd be great to work it out and then we could uh, do it again because I would like to ask Bernardo, he's an independent musician, um, how, what type of enthusiasm you're, approach, you're, take, you're uh, approaching this independent music with? Um, what got you started and, and stuff like that? So again, I'm Amia Swee. I've released a few albums this year. Well, I released two albums this year and, uh, um, and a single. So I released a project in 2012. And since 2012, it's been the whole thrust for independent release of music, starting a label. And at one point, I uh, some good friends that I recorded music with in the past, um, a brother by the name of Carlos Nino had a radio show on 90.7. I hear you. Hey, greetings. You're tuned in.
1: Can you hear me now?
0: I do. Right on <laughs> even
1: so you can hear me?
0: I can hear you now. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for calling and supporting the show. I appreciate it.
1: Okay, hold on one second. I want to try something else. Can you?
0: No, it's not coming in as clearly as it was at first when I heard you a second ago. So I was speaking about how I got encouraged in the beginning to. Right, I can hear you now. Yeah, I was just telling a story about how when I was encouraged in the beginning to join ASCAP, I released a project. Carlos Nino had a radio program called Space Waves on KPFK, and he's putting our records. I mean, this radio station in Los Angeles is the lifeblood of the independent music scene because I've had some bands I've been in, in the past. Before that, they let us come on in. I mean, I could go on several occasions, you know, play we've done live concerts in the radio station. It's a KPFK Pacifica radio down in um, North Hollywood, I guess you can say. And so Carlos Nino had a show and he was, all these exciting musicians was, were coming in and his show was all over the place. I mean, you, I don't, you couldn't limit it by genre or style, the scope of music he played from hip hop to esoteric jazz and world music. He was just a really great DJ and he would uh, put together music. He was a, he's a producer. And I'm in contact was this uh cu- this production duo with, um, Carlos Nino, and I i sure, I hope I don't get the name. I believe the front brother's name was Fabian, but I f- I'm just, I forget a bit because um, Carlos was so engaging. And when I did this album um, with voices with him, with a lot of other LA artists, like Abstract Rude does hip hop, he was on it. And Pharrell um, Sanders was on this album and Mia uh, died Todd was on this album and a lot of other LA based artists. It was great to be a part of it, doing hip hop with some beats that they made. And Carlos told me in the beginning, get your publishing company started at this point because you're a half owner of this piece of music. And I've been doing music right now, I'm doing a bunch of stuff, but no one had ever laid it out to me like that with the stuff that I've done. And at that point, I, um, I went ahead with ASCAP and I started I registered my artistic name as a performer that I use, and then I started my publishing company, BD Beats Music. And and this has been over a decade ago, longer, but it was a way, I saw my music generate funds from this planet, from the play that it received around the world. And it wasn't some big smash hit, but I saw that music could move as a commodity. And so, they're performing like now ASCAP is charging fifty dollars to join as a writer, and they're charging fifty dollars to join as a publisher. And a songwriter would need both of these things. And as a as an independent, these are rights that the song creates. And there are you hear publishing deals where people have a lot of places to get this music heard, and for that uh, skill set that service, and they oftentimes take rights to the song or portion of it so that more funds would be generated than would be by the artists themselves. So um, the PRO, the Performing Rights Organization, is a first-line move to make sure that the songs you write in the future in places as simple as YouTube that the... Um, the fees, the licensing fees that are paid, that your song has a portion of when it's played, that it returns to you as an artist. So that was a long spiel. Excuse me. I just wanted to um, get that out about, you know, my experience with getting started with joining a PRL. Okay. I can still hear you. (laughs) Okay,
1: good. Um, one one thing, I don't know if the people at Dialogue are listening, uh, and maybe, I don't know, maybe this is my problem and not their problem, but before when I called into your show, I was able to listen to you, um, through my headset, um, and talk to you. Now, when I, when I, um, press the, uh, you know, I want to talk to you live button, or you know what I'm saying, the call-in button, it automatically triggers the speakerphone on my phone and i don't think that's um you know that might not be convenient for everybody who may want to talk to you from like a, a private location or you know what i'm saying someplace um even public you know uh so maybe they want to check into that because i can't you know because you're on speakerphone now that's all i'm saying uh but how are you doing oh, today
0: i'm good thank you how about yourself
1: Great. I'm great. Um, I wanted to uh, ask you a couple of questions and touch on a a topic that you spoke on um, uh, maybe about a week ago or a few days ago. Um, And it's about this IRC, uh, IRC code you're talking about. And-
0: ISRC, yes.
1: ISRC, yes. ISRC. You're absolutely right. And so you're talking about this code and you're talking about it as it's like a, um, let's say like a, a serial code or, you know, for your music, for uh, that, that piece of work, correct?
0: Yes. The ISRC codes are my obsession. What I okay. do not know about this thing, it is my intention to learn and understand more. But I, I know quite a bit about the ISRC codes because I went ahead and got one and um, I coded all my music with the uh, ISRC code.
1: Okay. And with that being said, uh, now, is it one code per piece of music? So let's say you have 12 songs on an album. There's 12 individual codes, so one for each song. The
0: way the ISRC code works is it's a... Um, a group of numeric alphanumeric codes so it's a 13-digit code the first two digits would be the country code and when the you're given the ISRC code they'll give you just they'll give you three digits my ISRC code is 5LK so for and if there's a two digits for the year And then there's five digits for each individual song in that year using that code. So, for the first song on Lost Angels Found would be, um, that was released. Now, interestingly, Lost Angels Found is a reissue through BD Beats Music. I first, independently released this music in 2005, and it wasn't available for digital download. So... I kept the root, the first song on Los Angeles found the ISS ISRC code is US 5LK 500001 The second song on Los Angeles found um I, I should have, I think it's made in America and uh, the or it's, excuse me, it's liberation song, but it doesn't correspond to the title. It, or, or correspond. I mean, actually it does. The second song on the album is, um, the the ISRC code would be US5LK0500002.
1: Okay. So, so, I it, get around, it, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm saying I, it, it's a sequence. They give you, so uh, now did you just buy it? You say you had five. Did you just buy, is it, do they only sell it in five or do they sell it in, you know, however many? I'm sorry.
0: I I misspoke. What I meant to say was the, the root of my code is five L K. Okay. So Five L K. If the year may change, it may be U S five L K one, nine for next year, this, this year, this year, excuse me. Um, I, for, I just put out, um, I put on an instrumental album with 23 tracks, and then I released a single. So for this single in 2018, this code is US5LK1800024, because it's the 24th song that I've released in 2018 right after. Yeah, so that code, you have the five-digit code. There's Room for nine hundred no ninety
1: nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Got you, got you. And a record company
0: will have many different albums they put out. You know, they make it into the hundreds or thousands using one ISRC code that is to the label that the label owns that they designate to sound recordings.
1: Okay, okay, I understand that part, and and now to to my original question, it's it's one code per song, correct?
0: Yes, it's a unique, okay. it's a unique combination.
1: Great. Now the reason why I'm asking that, okay, let's say um, what you you know what, what you talked about recently, or what's been in the news news recently about Drake having, you know, 50 billion streams. The first artist to get 50 billion streams or whatever, okay, of his, of his music. Um, now, for those 50 billion streams, let's just take one song. Let's, let's just make it simple and say one song got 50 billion streams. That means that one code, that one ISRC code, got 50 billion streams, Correct. Correct. Okay, now, this brings me to the point that I'm trying to make. We talk about illegal downloading, right? Um, People, you know, pirating music and downloading music illegally, okay? When you uh, rip a CD or um, convert uh, music uh, online or however you do it, you know what I'm saying, does that ISRC code Stay with that song or does it get ripped out away from that song?
0: No, it does not get ripped out. It stays with the music. This metadata is embedded. Um, There are some programs, I think, where, you know, you can, there are times you can change a file name. There are some files that have more locks than others. You know, there's a few... There are a few, well, and then there's another thing. There's a sound ID. So say that in some odd chance, you know, you run this sound, you sample this song and then you export it through another machine and you want to create a different, um, you want to apply a different ISRC code through the editor. This ISRC code is not only connected to the digital file, but the sound wave, there's a, like, for instance, YouTube has a sound ID, content ID program, where the waveform is unique. So if a cover, there's a, like, a cover song is a different sound recording than the original. It was different instruments, different players, but it's the same melody and the same um, lyrics, Well, Sound ID is able to recognize that this song is a cover, that this pattern of music and and lyrics and this structure has been done before it's been registered and it is is joined with the writer of the song and the publisher of that song. So that's an added line of defense, but that's a good question because... You know there are some pretty slick and sneaky ways something can be modified, but in that way, you see that the lyrics and the music is protected as well as that particular recording. Though they're like three different components.
1: Yes, I know what you mean. Cause I've dealt with you know what I'm saying music. Um, uh, I remember edit- you had
0: a studio in, in um Hawthorne back in the day when underground hip hop was everything.
1: I dealt with music editors, you know what I'm saying? It's like more advanced ones like Media Monkey, where you can actually see all of the metadata with a song. You can actually look at it. You can actually tag songs with Amazon. Um, and I'm trying to figure out now, do they tag those songs by that ISRC code? Um, but, you know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You can, you can look at that metadata, and I think there's places on there for the ISRC information. But this is the rabbit hole I'm trying to take you down, okay? So now we're saying that one song, you know, has 50 billion streams. And, and I know what you're talking about with YouTube because I've actually uploaded videos with, you know, using music. I think one I used, uh, A Change Is Gonna Come, you know, <laughs> and uh, immediately YouTube flagged that as, you know, this is, Sad you know, good. copyright, you know, material, you know, blah, 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 you, you're not going to get paid for it, you know, whatever. You know so i understand what you mean to that but what i'm saying okay now with those 50 billion streams because this is what i'm trying to find out okay if we say that one song okay um hypothetically speaking got 50 billion streams and that one song has only one specific isrc code so when all of these um, Players, you know, play that song or they stream it online. You know, th- that sound scan or whatever uh, tracking system uh, follows that thing to show you that know, that something. Sound, is-
0: sound scan is for sales, which also include downloads. But you're talking about uh, Nielsen BDS, the Broadcast Data Systems. Okay, they so that's monitor the ISRC code and all of the um, the what would i call i want to say markets but it's not just markets but every outlet in the different markets because there are different ways that music is played so when it's broadcast nielsen has a pretty extensive network to yeah. you know if you're, you're in an elevator and music plays it's being broadcast you know what i mean yeah, I just,
1: exactly. and so you're saying they they track those right they track okay it's been played here 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 You know, because they can track that code and say, "Okay, it's been streamed 50 billion times, or it's been played 50 billion times."
0: Correct. Well, when you register with them, yes.
1: Okay, now and and we're sure I'm sure his music is registered. Now this is where I'm trying to go with this. Okay, now Mm -hmm. we're saying that, um, and and okay, well let me let me um, digress for a second. Okay, so they track those songs. And they've tracked this song 50 billion times. Now, does that mean that the artist, you know what I'm saying? Or what entity says, okay, now this song has been tracked or played 50 billion times. It's been streamed 50 billion times.
0: Isn't that impressive? Wow. It was just a billion a week ago, it seems.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, this, this, is, this, is what I'm this is why I'm wrong with that. Because this is interesting to know, Okay. Because what I want to find out is first, okay, if a song has been pirated, okay, let's say out of those 50 billion streams, only 3 million of those were actually legally bought, paid for from iTunes or wherever they buy music, you know, um, paid for. And the rest were illegally downloaded, okay? Now...
0: Well, listen, though, I just want to interject this. We're talking about streams, and download is a different way to receive the music. So that those are totally different numbers. So these are just when people when, listening on demand.
1: You are downloading. When you're streaming, you are downloading.
0: No. They refer yeah. to them differently. A stream is a play, whereas a download is a sale. And they're, they're looked at differently. So I like... I, I don't know where I heard this, but that Cardi B. Oh, I, I said I wasn't gonna say the name because I I never did look it up. It's just I'd have to do certain work in it when that realm of music where it's my interest is really stretched. But um, I hear that you know this top artist has a, a, millions of streams, but fifteen thousand downloads. Yeah,
1: nobody's buying that crap. Nobody's buying that crap. You know what I'm saying? That nobody's there nobody's buying that crap. You know what I'm saying? I, I you know, some when
0: I when I listen to regular radio in my car, I'm gonna go ahead and make the admission. Um, you know, I'm flipping through the dials and stuff. I heard something with a a rapper in Spanish. You know, maybe it was Puerto Rican or something, and i was like okay what is this it's some spanish hip-hop but with some nice beats and then here comes cardi b's voice i'm like okay well they're bridging a divide you know there's always this the um the latin and the the black hip-hop connection and so they're blending it more with english and spanish that's real cool i yeah, mean it, so I, I, I could
1: you know you know what and that, and that's why i'm going with this you know what i'm saying because you know Especially when it comes to music, like my my, my, I'm a hip hop fan. I love hip hop. I grew up on hip hop. I produced hip hop, but I stopped listening to hip hop. You know what I'm saying? One because the message, you know, you know, it was cool to boast and brag when you when when boasting and bragging was original. You know what I'm saying? Now boasting is bragging. Boasting and bragging when we got statistics to show the kids got nothing. You know, but um, what I'm saying with that is people are being fooled into thinking and believing that an artist is popular and selling and making money off a certain style, you know, because they hear them all the time on the radio. But common logical sense says, I mean, like, back in the day when, when record stores existed, you know what I'm saying? You could almost get a sense and a feel for who was selling. When when Michael Jackson's Thriller was out, people were going to the record store buying Thriller. Why? Because it was a must have album. You had to have your own copy of it. You know what I'm saying? It was just that, that's how, you know, special that music was. This music nowadays is so watered down and overly produced and mass produced and, you know what I'm saying, over consumerized and so easily available to get. You can't, I mean like logically, you cannot imagine people saying, you know what, I'm gonna spend a dollar on that. I'm gonna spend a dollar on
0: something you that know, I- know, it's, it's the rare <laughs> artist. Yeah. And I think everyone has, excuse me, everyone has their specific flavor they like. But for me, it's a rare occurrence to get excited about a body of mm-hmm. music.
1: Yeah. From yeah. an
0: artist delivered on an album. You know, exactly. you know I like Erica Badu. Um, I, You know, the last real album that I, I actually remember it. my family getting excited about was Arrested Development.
1: Yep. <laughs> I bought Arrested Development. I bought them.
0: My dad bought it for us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, yeah. Bob Marley legend was another family album where you wanted, you know what I mean, it was just a feel good thing where you wanted to listen to each song and each song had was special. And there may be albums that have that and the-
1: There's, um, so, there's so many and that's why I'm actually getting back into albums. Uh, just not too recently ago when I was living in Ohio, we actually had a uh, record Tuesdays where we would get together on Tuesdays with people get the drinks, and actually sit there and play records, you know what I'm saying, not on a turntable system, on a standard record player hooked up to an app and some speakers that when you had to get up and change the record when it got to the end or you had to go to a specific song that you wanted to listen to, but we went through albums and albums, and that music is still great. That music, when you put it on, the sound is warm. You know, that analog sound, you know, it's warm, it gets you moving, every every album is unique and, you know, every song brings back a memory, you know, and I, li- I, I just think about like these kids today and I go, what memories are these kids building to these songs? You know what I'm saying? What, what soundtrack of their life is Cardi B going to be a part of when they're 30, when they're 40? And they're not, you know. what I'm saying nobody's going to check for these artists five years from now. You know, just who was let's 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 say who was hot 10 years ago? Let's go back to Mystical and Master P, and you know, what I'm saying all these you know, these radio artists who you know are representing you know this culture now. You know, what I'm saying where oh, are they man. now? And who's checking for them? Nobody, you know. You know, but anyway, like, like I said, I digress. But what, what my point is, is what I'm trying to say is, OK, out of that 50 billion streams, OK, if they're tracking this and that artist is supposed to get paid by that code. And I don't know if that's what you're saying. I don't know if they're supposed to get paid by the code or that's just saying how many streams they had or downloads they have. Because what I'm saying is that that music was downloaded illegally. OK, does that mean? When that song is played, even though it's downloaded illegally, and that song is played on my player or somebody else's player, do they still get paid for that? Do they still get royalties for that? Or does the company get royalties for that? Is anybody getting paid off illegally downloaded music? Hmm.
0: Is anyone getting paid for illegal downloads? (laughs) That's that's why all of these protections Are being put into place Because of the ease Of transferring these files So as much As there is money to be gained and Which is why Streaming it becomes very important Because you're not Getting paid off for legal downloads You're not getting paid from that I mean how can you right I buy the album and send copies to 10 of my friends I you know
1: well, well, what you're saying before you said that You know, these companies paid licensing fees to be able to play music. So if I'm playing music on Media Monkey, according to that theory, Media Monkey has paid a licensing fee to be able to build a player that allows me to play an MP3 file. Okay. Or radio. You know what I'm saying? If if I'm streaming off Pandora. Uh, Pandora, but let's say I illegally downloaded music to my phone and I'm Bluetoothing it in my car. You're saying that radio manufacturer paid a licensing fee for that allowed to be allowed to happen. So if yeah. that's happening, that means they're still able to track that music being played with these codes and somebody is collecting royalties even off illegally downloaded music they may not be collecting the whole kit and caboodle, licensing tax fees you know everything that they they're charging when they charge that 99 cent per song or 6.99 an album you know uh, which tells you another thing about music you know uh, a CD used to be 10 bucks or 12 bucks or 14 bucks or 17 bucks you know what i'm saying 20 bucks if it was really good now they're selling brand new albums for 6.99 you know so the the industry Go ahead.
0: I just wanted to interject. I think we may have a caller, and welcome for uh, thanks for joining. Um, illegal downloads. It's you're getting into the black. Right. So if you're if you're if you're in a legitimate business. Then you're not on the black market. You know what I'm saying? If Spotify, oh, there are two. Spotify is a player where there there's payment for streaming, and they pay a licensing fee to ASCAP and BMI and CSAC and the CSEC. Um, they they have like. Arrangements with other countries where if my music is being played in Australia, well, Australia keeps track of all the music that's foreign and they submit it to the foreign agencies. ASCAP, they'll send it back to ASCAP and say, these aren't Australian artists, so these are, these must be yours. And then ASCAP will say, well, I claim these are all my artists. They'll claim them. And um, and then they'll collect the appropriate fee and redistribute. That that's legitimate. There's a, um okay, there are okay. channels where they all ask. the music that's streaming and download is, is different.
1: Who are they collecting that fee from? Greetings. Greetings. Resident. Can you
0: Thank hear me? You
1: yes, I do. Yes, Thanks.
0: thanks.
2: Bless it, bless it. I'll just take.
0: We'll take pause for a moment. Oh, excuse me. I said we'll just take pause for a minute, for a moment, and let you introduce yourself and like add on anything that we've um, been going over so far before you pick it back up.
2: Well, I'll be honest. Pretty new to the industry. My name is Jay. I go by the stage name of Russ Jay. Some people call me Attorney, as well as myself. A couple of different. Little titles, the names that have thrown on me since I've been exposed to a lot of artists. You're one of the first artists that I ever met out in public. We were at Venice Beach when I first met you. Sister, and it was a CD that she gave to me that had a song on there called Don't Murder the Martyr. I can't murder the martyr. If I'm not mistaken. Do you remember that? I
0: do.
2: Okay, Thank you for okay. Hey, you know what? It moved me. I became a product of the environment just off of hearing your track and searching for the people that were trying to shake and move things to get things going and growing. So eventually I came across an organization called the Ethiopian World Federation. And during that time, I was in a place in life where music had moved me, like the brother said, but it wasn't moving my soul. You know what I mean? I didn't really feel like it wasn't, it wasn't really fully sparking in me. You know, like it would when I was growing up in the late 70s and early 80s. But, uh, I got a chance to first do music back in the day with a brother by the name of Wadi God and uh, ja, ja, I'm sorry, Wadi God and Jabandis and it was uh, Dandex and Junior Mendes on Crenshaw Boulevard at a, a venue that one of the brothers named Rasa Dunai Jaya Bay had going on back in the day, and it was by
0: action. Crenshaw's world famous uh, place for black arts and culture in Los Angeles, it's like a central area. For uh, like business, like art and culture, they do um, Martin Luther King Parade on Crenshaw every year, Marcus Garvey Parade, uh, Kwanzaa Festival. It's a, a vibrant community in L.A. with a lot of arts and culture.
2: And it's amazing that we come together because as, as a new artist, listening to you guys, you guys sound like some of the people that I was listening to when I was growing up. And it's amazing how educated and how like detailed in the research and how thorough the analyzation that you guys are giving is. Because a lot of artists like myself, I have a lot of brothers and sisters that are very talented. They've been trying to sell themselves too short by not taking out time to listen and reason with other artists and only treating the artist on stage as somebody that's on the other side of the stage. Sometimes it's good that you open up a platform like this because it allows those artists to really open up with some of the things they're just now finding out. And see, so when you guys talking about the, the royalties and things like that, that's something that was never really brought up when I was being around the music when I first started coming around certain artists.
0: Yeah, it's when, a challenge. It's something we all can do also. Uh, the Being a creator of a song, all the rights stem from that. Of course, we would like to give it away and let someone else do the work, but there is a big gap between reaching a large audience and getting a return on the value. So with those rights in place individually held, I'm of the belief that, that I, I'm certain there's a higher profit margin and with smaller numbers, you will realize more.
2: Can I, can and I,
0: can we I, can, can do I it even, ourselves,
2: you know, like you say. Oh, pardon. I was just going to say, if if you can kind of reason with me when I say that, the only comparison I can think of to give to it is to hear language that you comprehend in the industry. And for me to be coming as like a new guy, you know what I mean? It really does give me a chance to figure out what I want to ask, the questions I want to ask uh, uh, for veteran artists versus a rookie artist that might lead me the wrong way, just to get his stuff or to try to create some kind of sound class uh, vibration between me and you know what I mean. It's a lot of, it's a lot of, but the thing I noticed is that you gotta stay close to the people that are are paying their own way. In other words. We gotta pay to play. We, nothing is for free. You know what I mean. We always gotta pay. If you're really serious about your music, you're not gonna wait for somebody to see you and get discovered. You know what I mean. I've
0: done shows where I was obligated to sell tickets on yeah. Sunset
2: Strip. Yeah. Oh wow. Y'all, are you serious? That's so hard. You know how hard that is, sister. And I? I've tried that twice. And man, Hollywood is Hollywood, boys.
0: But Hollywood. then you know you do. You're gonna have. 20 friends and family and you work so hard you're like ah oh, you know you you do um I've learned what you, an interesting thing is I would the process of getting shows i think we think of ourselves as a new artist when our fan base may not be centralized or we may not have a body of work to represent ourselves i mean it's you know, you were born a long time ago, and that song—you know you were born with the heart, and that song was in your heart. So then you become maybe a, a, a independent artist or a proactive artist. Um, and I, I'm thinking that every situation is different, but your team grows. Whether it's your wife, you know, in my case, you know, like my son is my teammate. I know he got my back, and I'll get I'll ask his opinion if he likes this or that. You know, if it makes him happy, and if it, if it bores him, it's not that great. You know what I'm saying? Like your team will grow, and then you can do more when you are in full ownership of your music. And but and I always learn what to do next. I remember getting invited to do. Poetry at an open mic was like a great validation of what I did, you know, and then, you know, starting maybe to pursue those things or getting an invitation to be a guest on a recording was a great thing. And then I wanted to have have a song of my own be produced. Or, you know, how can I get this song done using those same resources? Or to go from being invited to do a part of a show to pursue the promoter and say, put me on the bill, to be like doing everything for free and then say, wait a minute, I. I'm going to invite my people and the promoter don't want to pay and it's like, no, no, no. I know I have people in here drinking. And to get like $6 and feel like, well, this, I'm going to take this money. I'm not going to refuse it. You know, I want to split it with the band too. And everybody's like, no, thanks. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm still paying these people 50 or 75 bucks to do that still. You know what I mean? To say, hey, come support me because you're a working artist. Show up at some rehearsals. Here's 10, 20 bucks for gas. You know, I, I'm i going to guarantee you 50, 75 for that night. You know, so you do invest, find out new things you can do because you see what's possible. You do that. And then now you say, well, wow, I can do this next. You know, and I'm a firm believer in that you're, you're right when you sell yourself short because I know, I've know i noticed I've had times when my team, I joined um, I, a friend of, I had a core little band, me, I don't know if, you know, Joseph. He's married to a girl named Shania D, and he's from Boston. And me and him started a band with my lyrics and his music, but it was just me and him, I would bring my bass before I was able to actually get down with my lyrics because we didn't have enough people. And then we had a guy join us with guitar. And then another guy joined us with bass. And then the drummer and the guitarist quit. (laughs) You know what I mean? After that, so it's interesting you have those changes where you may be the only thing that doesn't change in your goal you know
1: uh, yeah that, that's one that's one good thing though about the the music connection magazine i, I love that music cuz i've actually put bands together through that magazine you know and you know when, when somebody drops out you can always put an ad in there and say hey i'm looking for a drummer that's into this kind of style or this kind of artist you know and you know you get a you get a lot of response in that
0: that's true. We actually, I work with a guy named Louis Segui um, that we found through Music Connection, a music board, and he played with us with guitar for a while.
1: And this, this is one thing I want to ask you. Okay, going back to what we talked about earlier, let's take the radio stations for example. Okay, how how do the radio stations? Okay, I I, I know they they get paid through advertising. Okay, um, but other than that, how do they benefit from playing? Um, and I won't even say the, the top artists, because, yeah, we know they're going to play the top artists because that's going to bring people to listen to their radio station. But how does a say a station like 92.3 to beat? How do they benefit playing? Um, uh, what is it? Uh, a 20 year old Snoop Dogg song. You know, that you know, how do they benefit playing that as a play, a new independent arts? Who do they reaping from
0: You know, I've never worked in radio like that. I know a few things about publishers that own the rights to this music. They have a catalog and they send out packets of their hit music. Sometimes you hear a song you haven't heard. In 10, five, eight years just in it'll randomly be a rotation That yeah. that the music publishers they remind the program directors that this you know and they'll intermingle it with some new music, some old music and being that they have so much of a they have such a great stake in the record business, there are a, a you know a handful of good 50 acts across the spectrum, who at any given time will be the bulk of your music. So you, you can just put that stuff in rotation. It's the top selling music on the top labels and everything else that, you know- Can I chime in on that sister,
2: if you don't mind? Can My I chime time? in on that question if you don't mind? Can I chime in on that question that the brother oh, asked?
0: Please. Oh, for <laughs> sure, yes,
2: yeah, Well, I was speaking from a 70s baby point of view. You know, everyone knows in California Snoop Dogg is. And um listening, you know, to brother, the king folk of art and locally here in Cali in Los Angeles. And um, I've noticed that a lot of people from his day and era know that Snoop was really into the 70s. You know what I mean? And a lot of people had great memories from the 70s. So all of the music that he inculcated in his new music as an artist coming out individually on his own, it just kind of kept him in a... In a so he had those songs and rhythms and tunes that always brought people back to remember the good days, besides the we're dealing with now. And at the same time, to market some of the new things that he's involved in in the community, as well as dealing with the uh, dealing with the politics that we're facing and the shortcomings that we're facing right now. He's really active. You know, he has his own shows and things like that. But that's just part of the whole entire uh, impact that he's trying to make. You know what I mean? That's
0: an interesting point why his music is infectious, you know, that familiarity we may have of the golden era of soul in his samples.
1: Yeah, yeah don't get me wrong, like, you know what I'm saying, I, I, I respect Snoop Dogg, I'm a Snoop Dogg fan, you know, uh, he's one of the uh, few artists that have been able you know what I'm saying, brand himself and stand the game, Like you know what I'm saying, don't get me wrong, I love, I was just using him as an example, I could have said <laughs> or,
0: uh, We're getting a little bit of distortion in the mic. I don't know how my mic sounds right now either. we
1: clear. We're clear. Um, but yeah, I'm like I could have said a lot of artists. I'm, I'm just you know I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, when I listen to that radio station and I, I don't do it often, but when it's on, um, like I said, we, we talked about you hear the same. Artists in rotation, week after week. Yeah, we that
0: rotation, day. yeah, that means something. There, that thing will be playing again and again. I think there may be a few levels of rotation. I've never worked in radio. I just have a, you know, like a few ideas of some things, and I've read a few things. But yeah, when I send my letter out, I that's one specific thing that I ask for for consideration for play. For uh, for placement for play and rotation, like separately, you know, you can place it in the library and not play it. You know, you could um pl- uh, place it and not play it. You could play it but not put in rotation. So I specifically asked for those things, you know, each individually.
1: It wasn't You know,
0: and try and distinguish it if they would even give a consideration. But well, I, I guess.
2: Go ahead. Recently this, recently I had an act- opportunity actually to be on a uh, 88.9 with Junior Francis. And trust me, it was like a uh, shell shock. You know what I mean? The whole How entire was that, experience? Like, that was amazing. I mean, I've always been around the brother dub club around some of our older elders like Jafet and uh, Chris Bonafide, Rootsman, and you know some of the people that really have been trying to tough it out and be there for us as the people in the industry and not just in the industry, but on the other side of the- So it's kind of like you get to stress in the the intensity of dealing with radio or media on a scale where so many people listening. You really don't get to know all who's listening. And the question I was going to raise earlier was, does anyone ever think about the truth involved in the stats that we get from this device that we call the Internet? Because sometimes we have have views on our, our YouTube videos and things like that. And even on some of our uh, SoundCloud videos and different links we have, they're not really honest a hundred percent with the view. Number. And someone me that one of the reasons why is because they be trying to hold people back. And I think you might have mentioned something about how we we need to really get a research and the detailed and for more de- detailed information for knowing how this thing is set up and operate. Yeah, we, there we talk-
0: are there's an ability to get analytics. I mean it's
2: we, at that we talked point about that
1: before how, how they might inflate the numbers.
2: Yes, or deflate the numbers, depending on what their political stands are.
0: I would like to think my music has more fans, but you know, I kinda accept the fact that there there sometimes are trends in what people in what people are interested in, how it's presented. Um, and then two, a lot of the videos are promoted and marketed. You, that doesn't stop it from getting views. You you may It may be on the front page everywhere. People will, will click it. They'll put it in playlists. There can be a lot of energy behind. I worked in um, for a little company called LA Edge doing video production. And there was one video at a certain time on mopeds. I was in charge of promoting this video. And this is right at the point where it just, before... It made sense to do Google AdSense and actually pay for the clicks and place it. But I, I did a similar thing where I would Google everything that has anything to do with mopeds and scooters, and I would find chat rooms and I would post this video. I mean, you can really have a lot of friends know one day. Whereas they might be a team of five people for a month. Different places, and then maybe that gets So, I do kind of think it's like you have to do a lot to get people's attention now. You know, I've I've, when I did editing with LA Edge, among other things, in production, we've we were we found out like three minutes back then was a good short thing, but even now it's too long. People,
1: wow, yeah, 30 seconds is is now, now, yeah, now you, you have their attention for 30 seconds is the most.
0: Yeah, so it takes a lot to capture
1: people's
0: attention. The short attention spans, everyone's ADD, you know. And I think too, like that book, um, what is it? How to win friends and influence people. Right, you're going to get fans. You, what is it that fans would get out of it? I'm trying to figure this out myself, but it's people who are buying something or looking for benefit. If they're going to take out a, you know so marketing is the next phase with with our a music product beyond ensuring that every possible um channel in which it is commoditized when it passes through there that is prepared to receive and then you can build on the numbers when people are using these channels to receive the music through uh, you know effort though i don't think it's just making it available it will be enough
2: one of the examples that I can use, what I'm thinking of is I had an experience where we had this video that we did a project on. And I collaborated with a group called Super Dread. They were from Fresno and another brother was from Hawaii. So we paid our own money. We put this thing together and we paid for some licenses and things like that to kind of protect ourselves. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Okay. And what happened was... We had one of the brothers log in and check up because we, we, we agreed we would decide to keep on checking up and see how things went, how people reacted to it with the promo video versus the actual video. So we noticed that we were getting different numbers from different logins. So that's the one thing that was really kind of centering on was the, the accuracy of the numbers and the things that, that we we're asking someone else to reveal to us about something that we produce and put out.
0: When I sign into the back end of CD Baby, they'll give me Spotify numbers for the last seven days. And then I'll go to Spotify itself and look at their numbers and they're different. There could be an updating thing where they may do real time on the Spotify platform, but it'll, it'll be a week later or a day and a half later on CD Baby. I'm suggesting this because... It's hard for me to go ahead and say, OK, well, something is malicious and I don't know why or who, but it's always going to be affecting my efforts. You feel me? So I couldn't just assume that they're wrong. I'm going to say, you know what, they're, they're treating me equally. I w- I think that I think that when we have our rights in order, we are we have equal access that the other labels do to place and receive Place our music, our product, our commodity in these outlets, and then take on the same return. We may not have the same licensing deal. Sometimes I say, you know what, I'm not going to let your music, my music be available. This platformer has such a high demand, which you will benefit from. I want this rate instead. You know, I want statutory rather than a diminished rate for whatever reason or a little more. So I think we're on the same status as the labels. I think when we go ahead and we say, okay, well, this is my company. This is my sound recording. These are the rights. It's here and it's there. I don't see any difference between those. I just think that, that the, I don't think that things will stop us because when we start to reach people who like the music, like I really take it to heart in a, that you say, while well, you murder the martyr. You know, I know that's my, a song that I feel deeply about and that you remember that. So that's the kind of stuff that you live for as a musician to have a moment where someone can say you touch them and as many duplicating that, like uh, um, a hologram with this digital thing. That's a part mm. of what as artists. And there, now we are also finding new and creative ways with this asset to commoditize it and see a return. Cause my thing is, True. no one. This music is very strong. Um, it, it has a message that my verses are like thirty-seven, thirty-fifty-bar verses in some cases. I mean, my song's destruction. It's my music. It's not to fit the commercial standard. So I don't expect that they're it, without changing everything. They'll endorse me and pay for it to go forth. I'll have to do it. But I believe so much in that music, and I think so. That's the movement of the artist who becomes that creative professional with your asset protected with everything there and for your benefit to commoditize this thing. But see, that's the thing, the record companies, they sell it far and wide. And the idea the illusion is just cracking because we've seen so many famous artists not really be enriched with that work that made them famous that we love. And so like, huh, what what can be different?
2: I've seen sister, I've noticed that someone right now spark me, because I noticed that we might not see them getting rich like you said, but guess what? For some kind of reason, they got an artist just like them that just came out on the scene during that time, but they have a more watered-down kind of promotional market. And it just seems like, like you said earlier, like it's always, you always is there, but throughout history, Know that it was like an invisible competition, then we'd see things pop out and show up out of nowhere. We were like, Wait, did he just copy that person to get to this point, or did they just create their own competition for themselves? I mean, it's just you got to be strong, and you want to do that the music that have the zeal that's just crazy, man. I've seen you ship before and go from different types of style of music in the same set. I've seen you do poetry, before. I've heard you do poetry before, so it's like. That you spark other people. Iron sharpens iron, you know. Iron really does sharpen iron, and it's really an honor to be on the radio with you right now and just talking to you, and You're taking my brain and me able to ask questions because you're busy. I always see you creating. You always you're into the four emotions, you know what I mean? So knowing that you have to a kid now, see, before when I got the CD, I don't think any of us had kids, you know what I mean? <laughs> we were still kind of younger. So it kind of it kind of you look back and say, wow, like we really have grown and we've been carrying this torch, and the sister has been carrying it to the East Coast, to the West Coast, been out of the States. I mean, keep doing what you're doing it's out here, and it's very expensive. We pay with the price that we spend with our kids, and our family and loved ones, the different uh collaborations that we do. You know, it's it's a lot more futuristic money. I wanna say that because sometimes we, we invest in our future and not realizing there's so much money in the future that what we, what we need right now there for us
0: to be. Truly, truly. It's a it's, it's a really new future with the talk. digital content. And so we've True. been on for a while. I'm gonna check the clock. Let's see. It's a good hour, and it's we can round table this, I know, more and more. Um, but we'll just we'll call it an evening now. As, as much as i know like i said we can go on and i hope you will join us again Kushai Johnny um kings with style i Mia sweet um yeah about pros yeah that's the first line once we register our song we're a writer every song that we have there's not another fee to again we're, we're a member of the organization and it's a lifetime membership so every every single song they if you put out there in its right place they'll give you back every Bit in, the the um, brother that we're
1: speaking, he uh at Kushite Journey Seven. Yes, I. Okay, great, great.
2: Where we'll
0: leak in the future?
2: Is it possible for this us to uh, share links? Can I share my link with you guys before I go?
0: Please. Yes, please. Yes, please.
2: You can view some of our music under a name Super Dread, Lockstar Entertainment. I've done collaboration with the Lumish Liberators, with General Zion. He has a song out there called World Peace, and another one called Smoke the Herb. There's some collaboration works I've done with the brother from Jamaica named Shiloh K. Smoke a little more.
0: I know not Shiloh.
2: You, that's a brother. That's a brother. Family there. You know, we have a lot of that's coming together. You know, we really are family, you guys. This music is doing it. Your vibe attracts your tribe. And tribe means family. So here we are, making a beautiful noise.
0: On the strength, peace, and positivity. Big up to the independent musician. Um, we have an oil well. Our creativity is inexhaustible, and we can bring this to market and own that that comes from us, and have the return for prosperity for our youth. These assets don't go away once they are invoked. I mean, you know, you have people who are, I know. Oh, descendants of Marvin Gaye, who are still um, enjoying some of his labor and stuff like that. A beach, I've worked with automatic systematic, Los Angeles found. This This stuff is, um, these assets and rights pass on to our youth, and they're valuable. Um, Yeah, so I'm also going to tweet a little bit later on. If you wouldn't mind sending me like a little message, that way I can like print it. I mean, with the links, that'd be great. And um, if you're interested in dialogue, you have a lot of cultural information that maybe um, you'd like to share. So, you know, you can get on dialogue, too. Maybe I can join you on a discussion if you decide to share in that way. Um, So this call is good. Thanks. It's called brought to you by dialogue and you like discussion debate. dialogue that you have your own call-in show over the internet. I'm Amis We Have We're here with Ross J, Maurice, uh, CEO Mo, hosting a discussion entitled The Independent Musician, Intellectual Property and the the Benevolent Nature of Creative Assets. Thanks, y'all. Check in next time.
2: Peace.